This is an SM Media production. Hi folks and welcome to the debut edition of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, I'm going to be the host of this show and I'm delighted to be here as we take a look at all the action that took place over the weekend in the Scottish Premiership. Delighted to welcome my special guest who will be dissecting the action with me this week, John Park, good friend of mine, good friend of the show. John, thanks very much for coming on mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad mate, good, good, quiet weekend so glad good to, to go. Football, glad to have the football back. Uh, mate, I miss it myself, yeah. Um, Miss getting to the games, miss, miss seeing friends and stuff, but definitely. It's good we'll to not, see you back on the TV. Aye, we'll not be long till we're back in the crowds, I think. That's it. Aye. You ready to get torn into the action? Definitely. Very good. Uh, right, so I've just basically talked through what we're going to do during the show. We're going to dissect all six games, give our own kind of thoughts and opinions on them, and we're going to have a special segment after that. It's going to be the last entry of the week where myself and John look back on someone who's been making the news of Scottish football for the wrong reasons. And then we're going to have a special one this week. We are going to offer our predictions, six games in, but we're going to do it anyway, on who we think is going to A, win the league, and top four, top six, things like that. We're going to try and break down the league for everyone. You ready to start, mate? We're good to go? Fantastic. Let's, let's start at the Super Seal Stadium, where Rangers went top of the league with a 2-0 win over Hamilton. Yanis Hadji and James Tavernier get the two goals. John, what did you think of the game? Did you watch it? I did, sorry. I did. I watched the full game. Um, again, positive to take. Rangers keep my clean sheet. Um, again, I thought still very laboured at times. Very predictable as well when we went 2-0 up. Um, again, don't really ever kill teams off. Um, I think there was still a nervy, a nervy feeling. Um, on the touchline, especially from Gerrard, it was 2-0. I think McLaughlin obviously punched one over the bar. Um, Hamilton didn't really, they didn't really threaten much. But again, at 2-0, if you lose a goal, it goes 2-1, it is nervy. Um, very, very wasteful, I think, as well, going forward at times. When the team came out to start the game, I was think, the first thing I thought was, obviously Morelos was on the bench, we'll get to Morelos in a second, but it was a very, very forward-going like. Formation. I liked, I liked the thought of Roof playing through the middle. I thought Adam was going to play, but he was obviously carrying a bit of an injury. But the first 20 minutes, you were, you were thinking, the led 2 0 up, and you were thinking, they're going to score about six or seven. It just looked as if Hamilton couldn't keep up with the, the kind of direct threat of Rangers. I didn't, I didn't think anyway. But I just, I, I, there's something missing. There is something missing, I think. Particularly. When it gets that final third, like we've seen, we've seen how many times we've we seen Tavernier, Barisic put the ball into the box, and there's nobody there. There's nobody there to get, get on the top of it. I just roof, roof had a few chances where we head, they were going over the bar, but there was a lot of balls just going missing. Just what do you think's going yeah. on? Like, what do you think is the the missing link? I think they're needing again. A lot of people not like the thought of this, but Rangers could be looking for a type of like a Christie. Um, for Celtic, again, very much got everything in his game. He can break play up, he can, he can go forward, he's dangerous, he scores goals. There's still something lacking in the middle of the park. Um, again, I think personally, Kamara, um, he, splits the, he splits the fans' opinions. Davis looks a bit leggy, but again, when you're playing in a team, when you're winning, you're not conceding a goal. 
they're doing something right. Um, the, the question for me is the, the boy Barker. He seems to obviously have Gerard's fate. Gerard obviously seems to like him. He must be doing well in training. Obviously, in Gerard's interviews after the game, he has always mentioned about players doing well in training and bringing it into a game. Um, for me, it looks as if he's going to be starting most games, but at the same time, is he really the player that Rangers need to challenge to obviously stop 10 in a row? Pers- I personally don't think so. Um, I was really, really impressed with Kent at the weekend. Definitely, but as I say, I, I don't know. I think they need somebody like a Christie. Um, again, a lot of Rangers fans will not like that opinion, but it's 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 really where they're at. That they need someone that can, again, if it is maybe get into a different position, if it is, it can fall deep. Um, again, obviously, it can play up top as well. So, so maybe not really as efficient um, as what obviously an out and out striker would be, but. No, as I say, I think I think they're going well. Listen, it's easy to criticise, but I don't I don't think obviously they're they're going in the right direction. My problem my problem is two 0 flat of Hamilton. I think as well. If you if it gets to a nitty gritty stage towards the end of the season and there's it comes down to goal difference, you're looking back in games like last and thinking they could have had four or five at least. Like there was chances there. I I think. I think you're right with Barker. Personally, I think Jordan Jones is a better option than Barker. I really do. I think the thing with Jordan Jones is he's, I think Barker ticks the boxes in training, whereas I don't think Jones has got the kind of attitude that Gerard likes in a player. Would you agree with that? I th- Personally, I think, obviously, I think there's a lot more off the park as well with Jones. Uh, I yeah. don't think it's Dinty's footballing ability. I don't know if it's temperament, as you mentioned, obviously, in training, if it's not the attitude, but I just, I don't think, obviously. I mean, he's, you saw last year, he's, he's played in Europe. He's, he's got Rangers in to set up a goal that get Rangers into the group stage of the Europa League. Yeah. The boy's obviously got ability. He's got international experience. But, again, I just don't think Gerard sees him as mm-hmm. someone that's going to break into the team. But the worrying thing for me is he was frozen out for the three, four weeks again he was in the squad. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it is good having a big squad to rotate with Rangers. Obviously, Gerard feels that that's a massive positive. But fans obviously will question the rotation on the bench. Yeah, it's good to have rotation players that are injured and stuff. But again, if Stuart and Jones isn't the answer, they are still obviously on the edge of the team every week. But are these players really going to come on and make a difference? Yeah, I totally agree with you. We'll go with the, the defence as well. Defence set the kind of record of... If they're not opening of the season, I think six, the first six games have not conceded a goal. The defence looks a lot better than it's looked in a long time. I think Goldson's a clear starter. I think Goldson is obviously the first choice. Out of Hellander and Balogun, I think both have been very impressive at the start of the season. Who do you think is kind of the preferred option out of the two? Again, I think it just depends who they're playing. I think right. possibly... It's going to be difficult. Balogun obviously started well. Had a brilliant game up at Pataudry in the first game of the season. Strolled it the next couple of games and obviously picked up the injury. Hollander's come in and done absolutely nothing wrong. Again, have they really been tested? Probably not. Nah, the the Levy game, didn't they get tested at all? A few wee shaky moments. Hamilton, not tested at all. Again, I think the biggest problem for me is... Coming maybe against up against top opposition, sorry, with Hollander maybe pace wise, yeah, he yeah. can read the game good, but again, maybe two strikers up top, then that's when you'll maybe see weaknesses. But again, it's 
it's all what, what ifs and buts. Right. But again, you can't really fault them. For me, Goldson um, in the last year, year and a half, has been absolutely outstanding. Um, again, I personally think he's probably one of the first names in the team sheet for Gerard every mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Um, gets a lot of criticism, sorry, from the fans. With his distribution for the back, again, for me, it's all positive. He's always trying to play the ball forward. He's trying to get into areas of the park where it's going to hurt the opposition. Um, but yeah, the defence has been solid. As I say, that record, I think it was 116 years yeah. um, from 114 years, was it? Um, for the clean sheet record for six consecutive clean sheets. Again, that obviously tells a story in its own. And they've not put a foot wrong as well. And I think the thing, McLaughlin, is, when McLaughlin came in as a kind of second choice keeper, everybody was like, McGregor's still your first choice option. I don't know if you can say that now. Because but McLaughlin's listen, not put a foot wrong. For me, McGregor, he's always going to be the first choice. Yeah. Again, at the, week, at the weekend, McLaughlin's come in, he's been absolutely excellent. Again, very rarely tested. Yeah. Been called upon, been really good. I think he speeds the game up as well. Aye, I, would, I thought that as well, aye. I mean, Tavernier, Barisic, they, they do like to play the ball back at times to switch play to the goalkeeper. It was one touch and it was bang out to the other side. Again, McGregor seems to take time on the ball. His distribution at times is... Again, shall we say terrible? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At times it's just a kick and hope, but again, you can't fault the two of them. Um, McGregor's been excellent, as I say, for come back um, from down south. Uh, but McLaughlin, as I say, he's, he's really been tested, but again, looked apart. I think it's a good conundrum for Gerald to have as well because it's a kind of McGregor Alexander thing that Smith had as well. Like you've got two good options there. If one gets injured, if McGregor's going to be the first choice. McLaughlin can come in and do a job. It's not as if you're, you're taking a massive drop in class. Like McLaughlin looks as if no. he's, he's the answer kind of for that regard. We'll go on to who I thought was the man of the match, Ryan Kent. Obviously been the, the talk of some transfer. You know, talk lately as well. I personally wouldn't sell him for any money right now. I think he's the man Rangers need. I think last year it, it took time to get to what it was the year before. I think the price tag played a part in that, but now like, he's coming into his own. He looks outstanding. He was outstanding again on Saturday. I think he's going to be a very, very big game player for Rangers this season. Yeah. As I say with the Kent, I've been a massive critic of Kent. The, the price tag obviously seemed to be a lot of weight on his shoulders when he come back there. Obviously, the loan spell when he was here, he done really well, but again, didn't really take us to the next level. Um, obviously, at the weekend... He was committing full-back straight away. Um, really good link-up play, I thought, with Roof at times. I think the yeah. two of them could actually form a really good partnership. Yeah. Again, Roof's probably not going to be a 20 goals a season, man. I think the link-up play with, with Kent, it could actually maybe allow Kent to add to his goal tally as well. Yeah, I thought that um, was But again, no, you, you can't sell Kent. As I say, Kent's, Kent's head looks as if it's firmly at Ibrooks. He's come yeah. out on social media, he's come out in the press, he's said that. And again, that's a massive hats off to Gerard. It looks as if Gerard's obviously kept his feet firmly on the ground. He's not get carried away. Um, at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing um, for the club to have. Club, players been linked with the likes of Leeds United down south for £15 million. Yeah. The days were long gone, maybe five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a massive positive for me. And again, if he is going to stay, then he picks all the right boxes. He was class on Saturday, I think, as well. They've got his position because he was there was a I thought kind of towards the start of the season he was playing a lot more to, towards the right, but he's been playing a bit through the middle lately, and I think that's making a difference. 
I think this could be the kind of time where I don't, I don't know if this kind of Rangers fans will agree with me here, but three five two could be an option because you've got the two full backs who are pushing forward. You've no really worries at the back if you play Balogun, Hillander, and Goldson, and you play the like, and you play Jack. You don't need two holding midfielders. You don't need them. You don't need two holding no. midfielders against the likes of Hamilton and Livingston. If Jack in there and maybe a couple of midfielders alongside him, the likes of Kent and Aribo or Kent and Hadji, whoever you prefer, give Kent that kind of starring role through the middle and if two strikers up front, if it's going to be Morelos who will get to again, if he's going to stay and play, try two up front because it, they've got the players to do it now. They've got a big squad and use it to your advantage, especially when you're struggling to break teams down in my opinion. Uh, talking about the formation there, obviously it could be a really good shout. Obviously, you've sought. I mean, Tavernier gets a, a lot, a lot of a grief stick for the fans. Personally, I, don't, I, think, I don't think he's a good defender, I, but I think his pers- defense, his defense has come on leaps and downs in the past couple of years. But I still think there is that defensive issue. I really do. A million, a million percent. But again, he adds to the goal tally again. Right? It was a bit, of a, it was a scrappy goal, a scrappy goal. Sorry, but at the same time, it, he's in the right areas. Um, yeah, Fullbacks with the, the, the stick he's got with going to hide and he, he plays for 90 minutes every week. He's always wanting the ball, he's always up the touchline, he's always taking fullbacks on. Again, it's yeah, could his delivery be better? Probably at times it could. Yeah. Um, as you say on the other side with Barisic, he's he's been exceptional this year. Um, really, really good. Um, and again, obviously, as you mentioned, there's been a lot of speculation about moves with Barisic as well. Um, but as you say with that, we can't playing through the middle. When Aribo comes back into the team, possibly a midfield three, a Jack, Hadji and Aribo, we can't just in front. Yeah. Obviously with Tavernier, wide, obviously as a as a full back going forward with Barisic. And I would probably play maybe Roof, but again let Kent and Roof have a bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does allow other players to come into the game. I'm not too sure, obviously, as you mentioned, there, but the boy Yitney's still still really young. Uh, he does look a bit raw. Yeah. Um, but again, under the guidance of Gerard, it, it can only be a good thing, obviously, that um, he's been brought to the club. Seems obviously quite a, not a large fee, shall we say, but a reasonable fee as well. Yeah. Um, for, for the times that we're at at Ibrox at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, definitely a lot of positives for the Rangers squad at the minute. Aye. And we'll kind of touch on the last wee thing about Rangers is the star man, been the star man for the past couple of years, Alfredo Morelos, obviously been taken out of the squad, was back in on Saturday. What do you think about the Morelos situation? Would you be happy to sell him or is it one of those things where the price is too good to turn down but we need need to see a lot more? Particularly, I think the problem with Morelos is this season, he's he's basically been told whoever, if it's by his agent, that there's deals on the table for him to leave. But I think, like, we're, particularly this season, Rangers need all the help we can get going forward. If we can get Morelos yeah. back to normal, keep him. But I think the yeah. money will be too good to turn down for Rangers. I really do. I mean, obviously, there's no doubt. There's, there's a lot of transfer speculation. Leo will come in with an offer. And again, there will be other clubs out there that's, that's offering good money for him. At an age where he's at, he's still, again, people forget how young Morelos is. Morelos yeah. is young. He's obviously got a family. He's, his wee one's just been born. At that age, your head's going to be turned, no matter what. Again, it's 
it's one of these things, you're living in a foreign country, you've got speculation here, there, you've got fans getting on your back. At the minute, it's one of them, it's touch and go. I mean, you saw him at the weekend, sitting in the stands on Sky. His attitude didn't look great no. for me, but for me, it's a positive. Does it show that he maybe he still cares? Um, again, for me, personally, if he didn't care, if he didn't really want to be part of that team, I think he would have been away by now. Um, I, I think, I, th- I think, I really think, obviously, Gerard obviously thinks a, a lot of him. And I think as well, Morelos is a really good bond with Gerard. You maybe don't see it as much in the media. You maybe don't see it on, yeah, as you say, social media. You maybe don't see it in the news. But I really think if you can keep him, you can get the head, he's, he's obviously his head in the game. It would be fantastic. But at the same time, if his head isn't in it, and a right bid comes in, yeah, you've, you've got to accept it. Yeah. Again, with the Itton and Roof saga, everyone thought a couple of weeks ago that's the reason the boys were coming in, because yeah. Morelos was gone. But again, it's all ifs and buts. I don't think we'll really know until it, it, it happens. Rangers did, need, Rangers did need a couple of strikers in regardless, even if Morelos is staying, because yeah. even Morelos and Defoe, it's not enough. Like we saw... Defoe, was, Defoe got injured at the start of the season. We saw that Morelos can't carry it all by himself. You need the options yep. in. But I'm just going to touch on Morelos quickly. If Morelos is desperate to leave the Scottish game, which all reports says that he's desperate for a, a kind of step up to whether it's going to be France or wherever it's going to be, is not trying your leg, which he's been doing. You can, you've seen on the park the past few games, he hasn't been the Alfredo Morelos of last year or the year before. Yeah. How does that look? If you're, if you're there scouting Alfredo Morelos and you see that, are you going to spend that money on him? Listen, I don't think that's, that's probably not going to take a massive effect on these, these clubs abroad. Obviously, they've, they've got the money there. Um, they're not having to worry about two, three, four million pound signings. Yeah. I don't think that would make any difference for a big club coming in for him. Everybody knows he's got ability. He's sure they can do it in the big stage. Yeah, he's, but he's maybe not scored in old firm games. Some of the old firm games in recent years, he's been unplayable. Yeah. Um, I can remember one of the games at Parkhead a couple of years ago. Was it just over a year ago? I mean, Rangers ran riot that day. Um, he, he was outstanding that day. But again, it's it's the wee things. If he does no scoring games like that, that's what can maybe hinder move. Again, it's all I've I keep saying I've seen much, but it's. I personally think, at the minute, if the deal's right, you've got to accept it. Yeah, I think that as well. If he does stay, though, it's a massive benefit. Yeah, I think that as well. When you're you're going to, no matter what, Rangers are going to make a great bit of business out of that out of that yeah. deal because they've so they've bought him for a million pounds. They're going to sell him for what 10, 15 times that. Yeah. It's the bit of business Rangers Rangers haven't done in a long time, as you said earlier on. It's a win-win for all all parties. If if it happens now then Rangers get somebody in and move on. If it lasts another year, Morelos is there and can lead Rangers to maybe getting past Celtic, which is obviously this year it's more, that's the target more than ever. Uh, we'll touch on Hamilton quickly as well. Yeah, I don't think, I, I think they're, they're probably favourites for the drop. They've always relied on their youth system, I thought. Their average age was 23 on Saturday. But you can only do that for so much. I think Brian Rice doesn't get enough credit for the job he's done there. To bring through, he's not afraid yeah. to bring through young players, but 
this season, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. I completely agree with it. As I Hamilton has had a fantastic good setup for a good 10, 15 years now. But yeah. again, sometimes relying on youth, they can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, there was one player on that park at the weekend that started for them, and Hodgson. Had a bit of international experience, obviously, ex Rangers yeah. player. Yeah. Again, you look across the park, there's, there's no real experience here with the SPL. Yeah. There's every, every other team in the league, even the likes of St. Murn that's just been promote, promoted, they've managed to bring in players like St. Murn managed to bring in Tate from Motherwell. And there's, these teams, I think, this year are a wee bit more streetwise. I think, especially St. Murn, yeah. it's going to be a lot more street. I think Hamilton's time, again, we say it every year, and they always obviously drop, but I, th- I think this year. Is I think their time's up. I think, and again, it's day, it's really early. The thing with Hamilton is they can Hamilton pick up points when it's least expected. You mm-hmm. saw last year at Ibrooks, they went yeah, to beat Rangers exactly. at Ibrooks. Um, ha, ha, the type of games Hamilton win are against the likes of Ross County, scrappy games at home, Livingston games where the other teams are probably favourites, and mm-hmm. that's what keeps them up. Yeah. Again, I think this year they will fall short. They look really, really short up front and I think in the middle of the park after 20-30 minutes they were chasing shadows and again that's not to be critical of Hamilton Brian Rice as you say has done a fantastic job an absolutely brilliant job for he took that um, he, he took charge but again yeah as you say I think the time's up but a positive result for Rangers top of the table Hamilton sitting on 11th with 3 points it's now 6 games in it's kind of early, early days as you say but Hamilton will not want to be there for much longer. We'll move on to Celtic against Motherwell. Celtic won 3-0 on Sunday. Bounced back pretty well from the, the shocking performance in midweek. It was a comfortable win, but the talking point again at the start of the game was Neil Lennon picked the exact same team that lost on Wednesday night against Ferenc Varos in the Champions League. What do you think, John, about that? Because I, I, from the outside looking in, there's £7 million worth of talent up front yep. on the bench that aren't, that aren't starting. What's going on there? I just don't understand it. I really don't. It looks as if, it looks as if it's a bit of a trust issue. Um, again, is it, is it fitness? Is it, is it attitude? Um, again, I don't think anybody really knows. Um, at the weekend, obviously, I watched the game at the weekend and for 35, 40 minutes, they were really, really laboured. Yeah, they were on top. Celtic had all the possession. Um, and at times looked really, really good. But I think obviously it took the one moment of magic in the first half of Forest, um, which was a fantastic, a, a brilliant goal. Yeah. Um, but, but again, I, the, the whole thing with the strike, the no striker, um, Celtic fans, again, I don't think will personally accept that. And again, you've saw it, I think a lot of Celtic fans have started to get on Lennon's back. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a manager, you've, you've got to take a firm stance, and I think that's what Lennon done. And again, keeping a clean sheet, scoring three goals, there's not much there to criticise. I, I didn't understand the selection on Wednesday night when it came through. I was, sitting, I was sitting with a Celtic fan when the selection came through and the first thing we said to each other was, what is going on? Because that is, yeah. that's very strange. Obviously, Edward wasn't playing. We saw like, the, the game I kind of stick on was last season's League Cup final against Rangers. Yeah. Celtic are an entirely different team without Edward. As every team's going to be without a, a player like that who is so important to the team. But 
I understand the Jetty not not starting because he's maybe lacking match fitness. I think there's something there was a start he played thirteen minutes of football in a year or something. Yeah. But Kamala's been in and out of the team. He scored in the first game of the season against Hamilton. Are you telling me that Kamala isn't an option? You can't put Kamala on for sixty minutes and if they are struggling, bring on a Jetty on Wednesday night. I mean, the just worrying, didn't get the, worrying, the worrying thing I think for most Celtic fans will be that Kamala's been injury free throughout pre season. Yeah. He's he's played in pre season games and you're starting with Christie up front. And again, as I mentioned, Christie there, the type of player Rangers could be reading, the boy looked completely ruined up top. Mm-hmm. Nice. Takes to away from his game, yeah, definitely. Takes away from his he, game. He was drop he was dropping too deep. Um he didn't really have the interchange with, with McGregor in the middle of the park. He wasn't able to go out wide, drop deep. Again, it it just looked a very disjointed performance. Um but again is Celtic gonna go and get another striker. Um it's hard to say, like I don't I, I mean I don't I, I don't think they will. No. Um but yeah, the whole striker scenario is, is really, really strange. Yeah. And I think as well, it was Neil Lennon came out came after the game on Wednesday and said that players that didn't want to be there let them down. But I don't think that's, I don't think that's a great thing to be coming out and saying. Like, no. It obviously came out the next day about the story about Iron and Charm wanting valuations. But I don't think that's... That's strange to me, again, but I just don't understand where that's coming from. They've been very, very poor at the back, I thought, since the start of the season, Celtic. I thought on Wednesday night, that second goal was so, so avoidable. Yeah. Just how, but they've won the game on Sunday, that's kind of all that matters regarding the league. But as you say, they did look laboured in the first half. They did look as if the kind of battle scars had shown for Wednesday night, and it was. I think it was a... Just in there, I think there was still. I mean, every no matter who, no matter what team you are, teams across the planet, Man City, Man United, and the pressure gets to you, the, the nerves are starting to show a wee bit. I think. Yeah. Um, but as you say, I mean, three points when you are playing bad, scoring three goals, you can't really monitor that. Yeah, and as well as that, like the second goal, the Forest scored. Forest to me again, like the first goal. That's kind of the most Forrest done in a long time. I think he's been one of the kind of few players who has been off the boil as of yep. late. I would I would probably bring McGregor into that as well. But they played they played pretty well on Sunday. The second goal, like we're getting on, we're talking about strikers. The second goal Celtic scored was the finish from Ajeti. That's a great yep. goal for a striker. Like just if you watch it back, Ayer brings the ball to his feet. Ajeti finds that kind of yard of space and rattles it into the into the net. That's what you want from a centre forward. Yeah. I, I just didn't. I didn't get how none of them could. One of them could have started on Wednesday night. I think the thing as well. You're talking about Ayer. He's another player that a lot of Celtic fans are kind of split decision on. Yeah. Um, me personally, I think he's. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, again, at times, as you see, it can be ropey. Um, but again, he's really, really good with the ball at his feet. Um, that it was a great pass through to you, and obviously I can't finish. Um, for me, and yeah, the the two central defensive um, pairing, it does look as if teams could get at them. Yeah. Um, for me, I would be I'd be hitting Celtic's fullbacks. Frimpong, there's no doubt Frimpong and Greg Taylor 
are really good going forward. Again, a bit like Tavernier um, at Rangers. I think bringing Taylor in at left back when Celtic brought him in, a lot of people's expecting him to be on par with Tierney. Yeah. And I don't think, obviously, he's brought that to the team. Um, Frimpong as well um, can be really, really raw. Um, don't get me wrong, the boy looks at, the boy looks a great talent. And I think he'll obviously will go into a lot of, a lot of good things in his career. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it doesn't look the Celtic team of the past. Even obviously, rewind maybe six, seven months ago. Um, it looks as if they could be doing an extra couple of players themselves to freshen yeah. things up. And again, the same as Rangers, whether that's going to happen, nobody will know. I, it's weird to say because last season, Celtic were getting so much credit for the way they were playing. Like When Brendan Rodgers left and Neil Lennon came in, the first thing a lot of Celtic fans thought was Neil Lennon was going to change that style of football. He didn't do that. He didn't do that to start off. Like They were playing some really, really good stuff. I think as well the hang way with Neil Lennon is, I think he does split the Celtic support in a way of when... Neil Lennon was announced as a full-time manager. A lot of Celtic fans did want the did want the big name. Yeah. Of we heard kind of Benitez, Villas Boas was mentioned as well. Whereas a lot of a lot of Celtic fans have that affection for Neil Lennon because of Listen, obviously his years of a player. I think I think it's very very it's it's obviously going to be very very difficult for Lennon now. I would I would say it's going to be tough for them to get into Europa League as well because I think that as you say, like I've never been impressed with El Hamed as a defender. I think going forward he's good, but I've never been impressed with him as a defender. And I would Taylor again. Taylor, I'd mentioned yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean to, but and I'd, I'd mentioned obviously Frimpong there. Obviously, um, he come on, um, but again, as you say, that there doesn't seem to be a settle back for it at the moment with Celtic. No. A lot of Celtic fans like playing the three at the back. I think they look a better team playing the three, three in defence. Um, but again, it's the same as this time last year, you wouldn't have been bringing up these questions about a Celtic team. No. Um, the, these wouldn't have been the questions. There wouldn't have been, Celtic would have been flying. And again, you're talking about the Ferenc Varos game the other night. With 10, 15 minutes to go in that game, that would have been a game last year where if you're sitting there as a Celtic fan, you're expecting a goal to come. Oh, yeah, a, goal would, a, go, a goal would have came. Um, you would have been able to bring on a player that would have changed the game. At the minute, I mean, I looked at Celtic's bench at the weekend. It doesn't look a strong bench. No, I've said, that for, I've said that for months. They, That's the, Celtic, had two or three, Celtic had two or three youth players on the bench, which is good to see again. Um, good to see, obviously, young talent yeah. on the bench. But I just think if you're a Celtic fan at the moment, there's a bit of an nervy edge that I think would possibly have been across the other side of the city at Rangers 12 months ago. That's the type of performance Rangers I think would have put in 12 months ago. Um, maybe a, maybe just under a year ago, I think they would have put that performance in. You don't really know where the goal's coming from until that bit of magic with Forrest. And again, as you mentioned with Forrest, Forrest would score goals like that for fun yeah. six, seven months ago. And you wouldn't have blinked an island at a goal with that. But it looks as if he's in a bit of a shell at the minute. I think it's a fear the, factor think, as I, well. I think the problem with Forrest is, I'd say that's a similar problem as we talked about Tavernier earlier. There's nobody really challenging him for his position. No. He's, he's been off the boil for a wee while. I've, I've never in the past few months said to myself after watching Celtic, James Forrest impressed me. But I just think he's been kind of lacklustre, a bit disappointing any time I've kind of saw him. Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, scored a decent goal, but 
that was probably his best game I'd seen him for a while. But we'll touch on the defence as well. The news coming through tonight is that Celtic have agreed a fee for Shane Duffy from Brighton. That could be a big, big signing for Celtic. Could be a massive signing. I mean, that's yeah. a, a player that's played at the top level, international quality. Again, that's that's a massive positive for Celtic, definitely. Yeah, and as who well does as that, who does he, who does he replace? Yeah, I, I think. It, it, I think now, like obviously with the Champions League money not being there now, it brings in a fact that probably somebody's going to be going. Is it going to be Ayer? Is it in Cham? Is it maybe even Edward? I don't know. I don't think Edward will leave this season. I think he'll leave probably next season. I think, but it does bring in the fact that if Duffy's coming in. Then it asks a question that it could be maybe I could be the one can I leave him? Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Obviously, there's been rumours of I leaving as well. Yeah. Um, I think a big question for me is I mean, nobody's really picked up on it. The goal, Celtic's goalkeeper. Again, a bit of an unknown over here. I, I mean, I saw the goal, Berend Farrow's second goal. For me, as a goalkeeper, you, you don't get beat there. No. You, that, that's a go- You don't get beat. And again, he's been untested very much similar to McLaughlin and McGregor yeah. over at Rangers. I think as well that, that that's something that when Celtic maybe come up against better clubs, maybe against the likes of your, your Aberdeens and Hibs, it'll be interesting to see as well what, what the new goalkeeper's like. Yeah, um, it's an unknown. Yeah, no, as I, as I say, it's, it's, everything's unknown. It's still early in the season. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of twists and turns. Um, players will probably hit form that you don't expect. Other players will go the opposite direction, but Oh, it's all ifs and buts. Yeah, finally got David Tumble in as well. Celtic, like that's a that's been a year in the build. Like that's been a yeah. signing they've desperately want done. He'll contribute as well. The question is, does he does he start? I don't think he will start. And I think the kind of front three, the midfield three, is always going to be Brown, McGregor, and Christie, in big games. But Tumble's a great option to have if coming off the bench or if one of them are injured. Yeah, I mean the boy Tumble's a he is a great player. Yeah. Um, obviously, get the but you get the bad injury, and he was out for a while. Yeah. Um, but he, he's fought back. He's fought hard to obviously get back to that position again. He's moved to Celtic, and as you saw, obviously, Motherwell fans idolise him um, yeah. for being such a young player. A lot of young players move on, and that's it. You've got your move to the old firm, but obviously, it shows you how much Motherwell's going to miss him. And obviously, talking on Motherwell, and obviously, you're probably going to move on to that. Yeah. Um. They just they look they look a complete shadow. They say they were last year. Yeah, they finished up. They finished up last season without Tumble. Like Tumble didn't kick a ball last season. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's weird because you wouldn't say a lot of. You wouldn't say there's been a lot of changes at Motherwell. No. If anything, they've improved. They brought in Stephen O'Donnell from Kilmarnock, who I would say was he was very very poor on Sunday. I thought it was. I I was just about to touch on that. I thought I thought it was terrible. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was. I, th- I thought he was really poor. Um, I, again, I th- the thing for me is the middle of the park with Motherwell, as you mentioned, the boy, the boy Donnelly's injured as well. Yeah. Um, for me, he's probably. I would say he's probably their best, one of their best players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think as well behind the scenes at Motherwell at the minute, Robert um, Stephen Robinson, he's obviously he's feeling the pressure. Yeah. I think he's feeling the pressure himself. Um, never mind, obviously coming for the media. Probably not even. I, th- I just think from day one, I watched the game up at Ross County, the first game of the season on the Monday night, mm-hmm. and they've they don't look as if they've improved one bit. No. Yeah, they get the one they get the one through the week in Europe against Glentorn, but 
again, as a full-time club, you would expect yeah, definitely. to be winning their games. Yeah. There were probably the surprise package of last season, but this it's it's not been a very good start. Like I I would say you you kinda of said Donald was the best player. I'm a real big fan of Alan Campbell. Campbell's a yeah, good player. I would really, really like Alan Campbell, but I thought he was I didn't think he kinda of got going on Sunday. It's difficult to say, obviously we're six games in and we can kinda of say Mother was sitting bottom of the league just now, but all it takes is two or three wins and then they're, they're right back up towards the top six. So it's not like it's not at the stage where alarm bells are ringing, but it, it certainly needs is something that kind of needs to be looked at. Yeah. Now to kind of, but I, th- I think they'll be. I think Mother will be fine, but it's for starts. It's not been great. But yeah, it was. I mean, Celtic Celtic played pretty well in the second half. I thought, as you said, they were quite laboured, but decent result back to winning ways for Celtic, and we'll see what happens with them. Uh, we'll move on to Kilmarnock against Indy United. It's a very, very easy one for Kilmarnock. The first one of the season. 4-0. Great performance for Kilmarnock. First one for Alec Dyer's team. John, what did you think of the game? I watched, actually, I watched part of the highlights. I'll be honest, I didn't see the full game. Um, I thought Kilmarnock looked really impressive. Um, the boy Kabamba up front, he, lo- he looks a real good find. Yeah. Um, I think he could form a good partnership with Brophy. Obviously, Brophy hadn't really been playing much. Um, I personally think the SPL Brophy's a really, really good player as well. Yes, yeah, so um, Always seems to do quite well against the old firm. Um, but yeah, no, as I say, you won 4 now against a Dundee United team that I think I think they'll struggle this year. First two weeks of the season, I didn't think they would. But no, Kilmarnock really, really looked, they looked apart. Um, I think it was a th- I think it was possible the third goal. Um, third goal was absolutely excellent. Um, that could be a goal of the season contender. Yeah, brilliant move and then a brilliant finish. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, but no, that Dyer's. I think Dyer's steadied the ship. It was a shaky start to the season. Yeah. Um, but I think Kilmarnock again this year could probably be the surprise package. Yeah, I think um, that. a lot of people were tipping them. I mean, two or three weeks ago, people were tipping them to be relegated. I don't think that would be the case. No, I think Kilmarnock could threaten to get the top six again. Yeah, um, there's not really many teams that I think will go to Rugby Park and take away good results. Um, but no, no, a lot of positives for Kilmarnock. If you're a Kilmarnock fan, you've got to be buzzing at the minute. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, Kabamba, as you say, he does look a good signing. Two goals on Saturday linked up well with Brophy. I thought they were both really, really good. As well as that, goals are kind of coming from out. Out the midfield as well. The likes of Bart, Kilty, McKenzie, they all played well. All plaudits to them. But the big takeaway was how impressive the front two were. The D United as well. I would say the D United will feel hard done by by that result because I think at times we were playing some decent stuff. I thought they were. I thought they were okay. I think. I don't think they'll struggle. I think they'll be fine to get. Can I? I don't think probably top six is probably out of their, their reach. But I think they were probably hard done by with that result the big thing as well I think with the D United is they're a, they're a different team without Shankland would you agree with that John? Yeah massively mate I think I think Shankland brings a lot listen up Shankland gets questioned whether he's good enough to take the step up I think any team that has a chance of taking Shankland I mean it's a sm- for me it's a small gamble I think Dundee United's done really really well to obviously keep a hold of him this season um, and again, obviously, it's unfortunate that he's not playing at the moment. 
Um, they do look a completely different team. As you mentioned, Dundee United um, last week against Celtic at home. Yet they frustrated Celtic, held them really late until obviously I think it was about the 84th, 85th minute. Yeah. But the the first half they had a couple of chances, but the the second half they looked dead in their feet. They they sat in and sat in. There's only obviously so long against a Celtic team that you're going to obviously defend without conceding. They didn't look a threat at all going forward. I don't think the second half. Um, the distance between obviously the the strikers and the midfield was a good 20, 30 yards at times. Um. I mean, obviously, Celtic defence last week, they were playing quite high up. I mean, as I mentioned, I didn't see a lot of the Kilmarnock game. Um, you'd mentioned there, obviously, you feel that they were a really bit hard done by. Um, will there be a lot of teams that takes four goals off them? Probably not. Um, but again, I just, I think they jump up. They won the they won the championship really, really easy last season. And they end up, they ran away with it and they end up. But I think they jump up again. They could be down there battling at the end of the season to stay up. I don't really see without Shanklin where a lot of goals are coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of teams in the league that are worse off than them, but I still think they'll be, I still think they'll be fine. Once Shanklin gets fat, I think he'll, he'll contribute a lot. I think as well, though, with Dundee United, like, I don't understand the, the appointment of manager. I don't like Mickey Mellon. He's never played up here. Like this is his first job in Scotland. But for Robin Nielsen to leave to be United to go to Hearts, I understand obviously there's a, there's a personal factor in there. But the United would have been far better than Nielsen, I think. I really do. If Nielsen had stuck around, but obviously I, 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 I think Dundee, as you say, mate, I think Dundee United would have been a lot better off. But at the same time, for me, Hearts are a massive club. People forget in Scotland, Hearts. Hearts are a really, really big club, and it, it obviously has a connection in the club. He obviously gets on well with the background team. He gets on well, obviously, with the, the club's officials and stuff. I, I think that was a done deal well before the end of the season for me personally. Nah, could have been. Um, I don't think that was just, obviously it, it took everybody by surprise. But I think Nielsen knew he was he was ten castle bound, maybe a good month or two before the end of the season. Yeah, possibly. But I that was. Good result for Kilmarnock and Dundee United. Dundee United are still above them in the league, so I'd say both those teams are going to be fine this season. But Kilmarnock deserve a lot of credit for their performance during the week. We'll move on to the... i tell you one player, mate. i tell you one player I'd just like to make a comment on. Played against them a couple of times in the youth, through the youth. The boy Finlay at Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. I think he's come on leaps and bounds. Looks an absolute class act. Um... Again, I, th- I think he came through the Celtic youth ranks. Yeah. Um, and got let go with Celtic maybe three, four, about three, four years ago now. Um, that boy looks really solid. Yeah. Um, and again, Kilmarnock's defence, they're, they're sticky. There'll not be many teams go to Rugby Park and pick up good results, as you say. No. Uh, I think Broadfoot, he uses the old head. Um, again, it, it probably frustrates opposition. Frustrates opposition fans. He can, he can leave a foot in now and again. But for me, that's things you want to see for a centre-half. Um, using the experience... And as you mentioned, obviously Mackenzie's been around about the club now for for years. Again, he comes through the youth setup. Um, Kilmarnock, they kind of they kind of go unnoticed. I think a lot, um, a lot of the players go unnoticed, um, but they always seem to find their feet. Yeah. Um, yep, they escaped escaped relegation um, a few years back, um, but I think they're, they're a stable club now in the Premiership. 
I can't see them getting relegated at all. If anything, as I mentioned, I think they could probably sneak into the top six again. Yeah, I think that's exactly what, what will happen. I think they're a pretty good contender for top six. Uh, we'll move on to the other big game on Sunday was Hibs against Aberdeen. Aberdeen went to Easter Road and picked up a 1-0 victory through a Lewis Ferguson penalty. It was a tough one for Aberdeen. Obviously, they've been kind of in the press for the wrong reasons as of late, but they've done the job on Sunday. Listen, there was a lot, of, a lot of questions about that Aberdeen team. The first game of the season, the, the, again, they were terrible, I thought, against Rangers. Didn't carry any forward threat. Looked really, really shaky at the back, and that's that's not an Aberdeen team, as you mentioned in the past. Normally, Aberdeen games against Rangers at Petaudry, they're in your face for the off, they're creating chances. They break up play, they make things difficult. The first game of the season, they're really poor from then. It's back to the Aberdeen team. They looked a threat going forward. Um, and obviously, everybody's probably want to know about McCrory. I, th- I thought McCrory was excellent at the weekend. Yeah, I thought it was but it's a type match. of team that McCrory's going to thrive in. Yeah. McCrory likes pressure. He likes he likes being in a, a type in Aberdeen side. This year, I don't think it was ever going to work out for him at Ibrox. Um, I think the style of play, I think the way Gerard wants to set up, I don't think that would personally suit Ross either. Um, I think he would have. Again, I think, I think it's a fantastic think, move for him. Yeah, I think Aberdeen he'll feel. Big club. I, I think he'll feel hard done by as well at Rangers because I think it was just kind of wrong place at the wrong time. Whereas, like he's going into an Aberdeen team, I think he's going to be one of the signings of the season. I think he'll fit into that Aberdeen team so well. He's. You could make a case he's probably too good for Aberdeen because he he, he went down to England and. Done really well for Portsmouth last season. He obviously got to the, the playoffs with Portsmouth, but I don't think the Portsmouth thing really worked out for him. Um, as you mentioned, the, the loan that he's obviously on at Aberdeen, obviously he's going to sign there. That would probably have helped him last season. But again, obviously, I don't think that's a thing Gerard or the club would probably want him to do in relation to obviously strengthening another club in the SPL. But I think just the whole McCrory situation, the boy done well at Rangers. Um, I just don't think, obviously, Rangers was a club for him. But as you mentioned, the Aberdeen scenario is a perfect fit for him. Uh, and it looks as if, obviously, he's settled in really well. Yeah, it does. I think he's going to fit in very well with that Aberdeen team. Uh, I think the international breaks just came at the right time for Aberdeen to get kind of players fit. They are missing kind of Curtis Main up front. Dylan McGee off will get time to get fit. But I think it's a very, very good result for them. I think it's probably... Kind of the result they needed. They're now up to fourth in the league. They beat Habs, who are still sitting in second, but I thought they were very, very poor on Sunday. Habs, I thought, I thought Habs, I really, really think Habs will be kind of top four, but I wasn't impressed with their performance on Sunday. Against I mean, I, I watched Habs against Dundee United at um, Tannadice a few weeks back. The middle of the park, they looked, again, it didn't look convincing at all. The boy, the boy Gogic that come in for Hamilton. Yeah. People were saying that would be a great signing. I don't think that's the type of signing Hibs really need. Um, Hibs are all about trying to get at you. I, I don't. I think Gogic is a good player, but like so of Malin, who was obviously going to, who's been talked up about the next big thing. He was frozen out there for a few weeks. Yeah. I would have Malin if I was a Hibs fan. I would want Malin on my team every week. Um, the boy can pass. He, he obviously chips in with the odd goal. Very dangerous for set pieces. Um, I think up top as well that Doyle and stuff, are they really 
going to cut it? I don't think so. I think for me, obviously, Camberry moved moved on from Hibs, but, but I think he's the type of player that would have been a great fit for them mm-hmm. this season. But yeah, Aberdeen, obviously, they won the game. Ferguson chipping in with a goal again, who I think Ferguson's a smashing player. There was obviously reports of him moving to Ibrooks, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see that happening. But yeah, Hibs, people were saying that they were stick-ons for finishing third. As you mentioned, I think they could be borderline to finish in the top six. I like, I think up front they're, <coughs> they're okay. I think I like the signing of Kevin Nisbet. I think Kevin Nisbet is a very, very good striker. I think he will contribute, I think. But I, th- I think Doidge is pretty good as well. I don't have worries about them going forward. I think the problem is at the in the kind of midfield area, as you say, right, at the back as well. Another player I kind of want to touch on as well, who just arrived at the weekend, <coughs> Jamie Murphy for Rangers. I think Jamie Murphy will be such a big player for Hubs next season. Great, great signing for Hubs. Um, again, he's a model professional for obviously young ones watching his stuff. He's had a great career. Um, obviously went down to Burton. Scored, scored quite a lot, not a lot of goals, but had a, had a good goal to games ratio at Burton when he went down there and alone. He's come back up, obviously. I think Scotland was the right choice for him. I think, obviously, yeah. settled here and stuff with family now. Um, but no, that is a really, really good signing for Hibs. Yeah, I just want to um, touch on it as well with Jamie Murphy. Like, he was so unlucky with the bad injury he got against, for Rangers against Comarma. terrible Hamas. injuries. Aye. It was, it's just, it's been so, so... Unfortunate what's happened to him because I think he, I think if he'd pro, if he'd stayed fit, he'd have been a big player for Rangers. But you know you can't help what happens to you. But I think he, I think if he stays fit and he goes to have and he's now at Hibs, I think he'll contribute very, very good for them. We'll touch on as well. I just want to touch on Ryan Portis, who I think is a really good player. I think he is a good player, but again got caught in a very bad incident on Sunday. I thought he was lucky to stay on the park. I'm a fan of him as a player, but as a professional, I really don't have any time for him. I really don't. I think he's he's one of those players I just can't take to. I think as a play, he's, as a player, I think he's a good defender, but I just don't have any time for him on the park. I think he's very, very lucky to be on the park on Sunday for what he done. Yeah, I mean the, the boy Portis is obviously he's got ability. Um, likewise, as you were saying, it looks as if. He's always just want to do that wee extra bit. Yeah. Um, and again, as a teammate, it's good, obviously, to have a player that's want to be the boot in a centre-half or you want to give the opposition fear. But at times, you know, a bit of a screwless. He just looks as if he could, he could jump into tackles. He has a walking yellow card. Um, obviously, he did really, really bad. The horror challenge against Rangers last year at Easter Road, and I think it was a Friday night game. Yeah. Um, and then at the weekend. Um, He's obviously come through the youth system as well at Hibs, I believe. Um, but again, yeah, he's obviously got talent. Um, but I think obviously temperament and stuff, he will obviously need to get that settled down. Yeah, it's going to be. A, it's, he's, he's in the. I think he's in the Scotland squad as well. Like I think it's under twenty-one squad he's in. But there's a player there. I just think his discipline is all wrong. I really do. I think it's going to. If he doesn't sort, if he doesn't sort that out, I think it's going to be a waste of a very, very promising defender, which I think is something as well that 
Scotland need. I think he has that. I think he, if he sorts that out, he could be that good. I really do. I think he, there is a player there. It's just that discipline that bothers me regarding him. But as I say, good, a good result for Aberdeen. Gets them to fourth. Hibs are still sitting second. So it's not a terrible result for them. But I thought it was a pretty good performance for Aberdeen. And I thought Hibs were a pretty disappointing. But as yeah. I say, we're six games in. There's still a lot. A lot more to go, but very positive result for Aberdeen. Another team who picked up a promising result was Livingston. A 1-0 win at home to Ross County. That was their first one of the season. That takes them off bottom of the league to 10th place. John Guthrie got the goal. Uh, comfortable one for Livingston. Two well-organised sides. It was pretty, a pretty boring game to watch by all accounts, but the big story with Livingston is obviously the sale of Lyndon Dykes to QPR. John, what do you think of him? I think Dykes, I mean, there was rumours of him obviously moving across to Ibrox, but I don't think, truthfully, that was ever that was ever going to happen. Um, don't get me wrong, an absolutely brilliant bit of business for Livingston. Yeah. Um, a right community club. Um, again, another team that obviously gives players a chance, but to bring in that type of money um, and obviously get, get them offloaded for that type of money, that's a great bit of business for Livingston. Um, will it leave them a wee bit short up top? It probably is going to leave them up short. Um, I think Dykes' all-round game obviously helped Livy the way they play. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, he doesn't. He didn't score a lot of goals, but again, he, he always brought a lot of players into the game. Um, personally, remember a game last year. Um, I think it was the both old fun games he played. Um, he gave the Rangers and Celtic centre backs um, a really hard time of it. I think one of the games was in the cup against Rangers, and I think it was a league game against Celtic um, at home. But again, Levy's they're, they're one of the teams that they, I don't think they'll. I think they'll stay up. Um, and again, for them staying up in the Premier League, that's that's a massive achievement. Again, if they do, yeah, it's certainly on. But they seem to find a way to win the type of games, um, and they play to a way that other teams hate going up there. Um, yeah. You saw obviously Rangers struggling. Rangers struggled up there a couple of weeks back. Never really, really looked like scoring at all. Um, when they offload players, they seem to bring in players that just suit the way the club play. It's no pretty, um, but they get the job done. Yeah, as, a, as well as Alec, obviously said, a great piece of business for Livingston to get Lyndon Dykes to QPR for two million. Another team who benefited out of that was Queen of the South, who I think they got a 10%. Uh, sell on clause so they're picking up around 250 grand so that's a tremendous bit of business for them but they've, they've went and got a replacement they've went and brought in Anthony Stokes former Celtic player I think Stokes will be a really really big player for them as well like to get that experience in probably not the same kind of player as Lyndon Dykes but to have a player like that in your team is always a positive yeah completely agree as I said you're not a bad player, obviously, if you've played with Celtic, you've played internationally, um, you've won cup finals. I mean, Stokes is a great player. But again, it's all down to, to off the park matters, I think, with Stokes as well. Um, again, whether he's going to settle or whether he's going to... I don't mean bring trouble to the club, but I think, obviously, he's had a, he's had a troubled time the last two or three years and, obviously, he's been abroad. Um but again, as I say, Holt, the manager, he's done a fantastic job at Livy. Oh, um, definitely, Holt's, yeah. been, Holt's done an unbelievable job at Livy. Um, 
And again, they look at the team now that's a. I think I think they'll stay in the league this year. I think there is worse teams in them, um, and they always just they seem to pick up points again when unexpected. Um, but a very routine one, I think, at the weekend. I did watch, as I say, part of that game as well at the weekend, um, and it, it was really really routine. Um, they didn't really ever look in any trouble at all. I think the red card played a factor on that as well. It was Tremarco, I think, yeah. to get the red card. Uh, but hi, once that once that kind of happened, I think Livingston did take advantage. Uh, I just want to touch on a wee thing as well with Livingston. I think Jason Hall and Craig Sibold could be the kind of two players that kind of make their team. I think Hall was a great piece of business to bring him in in a free transfer for Rangers. I've been impressed with Sibold since he was at Falkirk. I think. Very he's good probably, player. Really, uh, he's probably really, not. Really, he's, really good young uh, player. He's probably not kicked on the way I thought he would because at Falkirk I thought he was very, very good. He played in the same team as a player called Jay Fulton, who you might remember, John. He yeah, went to Swansea. I thought. Swansea. Yeah. Swansea was that. I thought Sibold was in line for a move like that, but don't know if it, kind of other factors were there. But I think those two will be the big kind of players for Livingston this season. I don't think they'll have any bother staying up. I think they'll be up towards kind of. Top half of the bo- top of the bottom six. I don't think they'll get top six like they did last year, but I don't think there's any trouble with them getting relegated. I no, think I think they're a comfortable outfit. Ross County, the team will the team they beat. Touch on them. They've been pretty good so far. It's a good start to the season for them. That was a I think that was maybe was that the first defeat of the season, maybe the second defeat. But I do think they're going to struggle to score goals. I do think once yeah. it gets the kind of nitty gritty of the season, I think there's the only kind of real goal scorer they've got is Billy Mackay, who has done it for Inverness. He's done it for Ross County back back the past couple but, of seasons. But that you need that they need a couple more goal goal threats. I think. I tell you one player I've been really impressed by when watching Ross County games is a boy Ross Stewart. Um, yeah. He's been abs- He he's he's been a really really good addition to Ross County. Um, Watched them the first game of the season, as I said, against Motherwell. The boy was unplayable for 90 minutes. Um, his work rate was excellent. He knows where they go. I, I think that's actually a player in the next couple of years that could get a move, could get a good move. Um, I, if I believe, I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think he, he did used to play in the juniors. Um, yeah, he did, yeah. yeah, he did. I think he used to play with Colwyn and Rangers. Done, so again, yeah. taking that step up, obviously, moving up to the Highlands and that can be difficult, but I think he's he's been really, really good. Um, he He's looked apart. I think a big miss for Ross County this year will be Marcus Fraser, the captain, mm-hmm. um, in defence. I think he was a real leader for them. Um, obviously, I think he's moved to St Mun now. Yeah. Um, but again, Ross County, as you say, has had a good start. I think, I think the bottom half of the table this year, I think that'll go down to, to the wire again. Aye. Um, I think there's teams down there that can can take they can all take points off each other. Um, I personally think Ross County. Yeah, I, th- I do reckon they might be in that playoff position um, at the bottom of the league. But they're another team that picks up a lot of points at home. They don't obviously. I, I don't believe they travel well, but they do pick up a lot of points at home. And I, I was really, really impressed. As I mentioned the boy Ross Stewart. Really, really impressed with him. Um, it would it will be interesting to see in the next year or two. Um, if he stays at Ross County, if he moves on, yeah, he's definitely one to watch. I have, I did notice that as well. I don't, I, I would like to see him get more goals, but I, I hope, I hope you're right. I hope he has that kind of player for them because they do need that kind of 
goal scoring. I think that they just I think they'll struggle with that if they don't pick that up. But aye, good result for Livingston. Ross County still sitting fifth place, so it's it's a pretty it's gets Livingston off the bottom of the league. But we'll move on to the final game of the weekend. St Johnston were one 0 winners against St Mirren at McDermott Park. Stephen May got the goal. A great assist for Craig Conway, who I'll touch on, I think, could be a very, very important player for St Johnston. Uh, I think St Mirren's injuries have got the better of them that on Saturday. They kind of started pretty well in the first five games of the season, but I think St Johnston did outplay them and has thoroughly deserved the victory. Did you see the game, John? Again, just, just parts of the game. I did watch highlights, and again, the highlights were fully based on St Johnston. Um, St Mirren looked as if they very rarely threatened. Um, as you mentioned in Craig Conway, another player that's had a great career, he's played down south, he knows the Scottish game. Um, and again, another team, St Johnson, I think, when Tommy Wright left, um, which, as I say, I mentioned, the guy done a fantastic job. Yeah. They could have just, they could have got into a, a route where things off the park and obviously and bringing in players. But again, they're another club that is I mentioned in the bottom six where these type of St Johnson seem to be settled in the in the SPL. They struggled obviously a large part last year, but they're a strange team to watch, I think, St Johnson. They're not pretty on the eye. Um but they've got players that know the league. They've got players that obviously know how to, to play in big games. I think they'll be alright as well this year. Um as you mentioned Stevie May, um he was at Aberdeen didn't really do much at Aberdeen. Didn't really, as I mean, I don't think he really get. He was ever going to be a, a type of player Aberdeen wanted to keep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, watching it, they, they looked, they looked as if they weren't comfortable enough. To be fair. Yeah, it was a good performance. I think that they could be a good contender for top six. I think they were pretty good. I think Callum Davidson as well was the right man to take them forward. But I think having that Tommy Wright factor of the fact that Callum Davidson was his assistant. You still have that style of play with Callum Davidson, yeah. but I think I, I think St Mirren as well. They could be, they could struggle as as well. I think they had a few players missing on Saturday, but I think they will struggle. They brought in a couple of good defenders, but again, as I said with Ross County, I don't think they've got enough up front. Yeah, but I St Johnson, I think St Johnson could be pretty good for top six this season. Well, that was the recap of the six games of the week uh, we'll move on to a special segment here on the Scottish Football Show where me and myself and John are going to look at a player who has been catching our eye for the wrong reasons and we're going to have him as our last entry of the week and when it comes to the end of the season myself and John are going to rank who we think has been the, the worst out of the lot John do you want to go first or do you mind if I go first on you go you fire away buddy right. I'm going to start this week with my first edition a lot of Rangers fans won't thank me for this, but I'm going to put Alfredo Morelos in there for this week, and I'm going to tell you why. As a player, I love Alfredo Morelos. I think Alfredo Morelos at times can be unplayable. I think all you need to do is watch his performances in Europe, where he was outstanding. Some of his goals were frighteningly good, but his attitude at the start of the season has been all wrong, in my opinion. I don't think he's been anywhere near the player that Rangers need. I think if you're a as I said at the start of the show, if you're a player, if you're a scout looking at a player and you see the kind of attitude he's been showing lately, would you take a punt on him? I really don't know, but I just, 
I haven't been impressed the past few weeks with Alfredo Morelos at all. I think if he's on his day and he's in form, I think he's such a vital player for Rangers. And it's frustrating as well because you're, you're wanting him to do well because I think at times he does get a hard rap. Like, I do think there's a big thing in that can I hear where I think he is a target. I think I think he's a target, but I think at times he doesn't help himself. Would you think, John, do you think I'm a bit harsh, or would you agree with me? I think in recent weeks, it's probably been a wee bit harsh on him. Um, as I mentioned, obviously, at the start, I think at an age where Morelos is at, there's a lot of things happening off the park as well. Obviously, the birthdays we won there that he's just obviously had. and I, I, I don't know. It's it's hard. You hear people speak, speaking all the time and you see people on social media and people on obviously Twitter and Facebook talking about it. I think the club's done as well as they can to keep him, his feet on the ground at the moment with what's happening. Um, there's no question when Morelos is on his game and Morelos' head's in the game, he's unplayable. You have saw that. I've saw that. I, I think it would it would be a massive loss. I think as well, on the park in recent recent ones, he probably has settled down a bit. Um, again, his disciplinary record looks a lot better. Um, at times last year, as you mentioned, I don't think he helped himself. I think he brought a lot to it on. I think the incident up at Pataudry uh, with McKenna, um, the kick out, I think obviously the old firm. Um, at Parkhead when um, him and Brown clashed. It's things, obviously, as a manager and a fan, you don't want to see. There's no, obviously, getting away from the fact that he has an exceptional talent. I don't think that the whole saga the last couple of weeks with Attitude and stuff, I don't think, truthfully, that's really going to affect a move. If Leo, if Leo have the money there and Leo want him, and Leo offer the right amount, I think, I think yeah, the club will accept it. Um, but again, one thing I want to say about Alfredo is he, he's had a right, right hard time off the media in the last year. Yeah, I'd agree with um, that. Especially the last six months. I can't remember the last time where a player in Scotland, at the ability that he has, get as much abuse and as much grief from media than what young Alfredo has. Um, and again, yeah, it can't, it, he can bring it on himself, but. For a player, you want to admire a player like that. I um, admire him. I admire him. His work he does, he work his, the work he does off the park is tremendous. Media, yeah, yeah that, that, that's their job. Yeah. The Scottish media's job to bring stories up like that. But I just feel that the guy's head could have been turned as well with, with what's happening um, on the media. There's no question these players see these tweets. These players obviously see news yeah, articles. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that a young player coming from Columbia. And what a lot of people forget as well is his English is very poor, mm-hmm. which obviously that's nothing to be ashamed about. But I think as well that that's maybe starting to play a part on him now where he, he's getting so much grief, so much abuse. It's maybe just got to him. At the same time, it would get to, get to anybody. It's mm-hmm. natural. Oh, definitely. It's yeah. to feel that. But yeah. I think if he was to come back into the team, are we going to see the same Morelos as what we did in the past? Probably, probably not. I don't think we, I don't obviously, think we will, John. A couple of weeks ago think. when he got the when all everything was happening and then Gerard obviously brought him back into the team. He scored a couple of goals. That's great to see. It's brilliant to see. And as a player, obviously, I think he's very, very well respected in the dressing room. Um so he is. 
Um, but no, the, the home of Ellis saga, I think, as it coming to an end, I don't think anybody will really know until it does happen. But yeah, I do feel that in recent times he's been very, very hard done by, um, on and off the park. And I think as well, he carries that reputation now when referees. If it was to happen to another player, I don't think another player would have been booked in situations where it was Morelos. But no, listen, I, I think at the minute, if, if he was to come back into the team and he was to stay at the club, you've got to see a massive improvement with attitude. Not just on the park, but I think, as you say, off the park as well. If the price does come in, the right bid comes in as a club, yeah, you've, you've probably got to take it. Yeah. As as well, it's not, it's, what you're saying there is completely true and I totally agree with every word you've said. It's a, frustra- it's a frustration thing with Morelos because there's such a good player there. I just don't think, I think probably the last time we saw it was probably the old firm before Christmas, before the New Year, sorry. But that was the last time I would say Morelos has played really well for Rangers. I mean, I, I, I think that's a wee bit harsh. I mean, I, he's not been in Morelos at all. But the game up at Pataudry in the first game of the season, it, didn't, it wasn't the same Morelos performance you're used to seeing. But again, he's effective in what he does. And there's I, obviously been a lot of talk, obviously, as carrying a lot of weight. Um, again, that's that's probably not just his problem. That obviously is a club's problem. I think, a, I, I think there's a lot of players. Um, I think there's a lot of players in every club in the same think, boat as that. I don't think you can be too critical on him. As I mentioned, I, I'm gonna I, I'm, I criticise a lot of footballers, I criticise a lot of players, but I just think you've got to see the other the other side. I think Gerard came out and made that comment about his head's been turned, and. When Gerard's left him out the squad, I think you've got to admire that as well. Because it would have been easy just to go down the route of keeping him in the team, no matter what was happening, no matter who you were playing, what system you were playing. I think Gerard's probably got him to the side. And I actually think, as I mentioned, I think there is a real bond between the two of them. I think Gerard's got a lot, a lot of time for. for yeah, I think he does as well, yeah. Definitely. But, yeah, as you say, it's just that saga. It keeps dragging on and dragging on. Nobody really knows what's happening. I think, though, as well, like, because the transfer window is going to be closed towards it's now like the middle of October, like, this is the potential to drag on and drag on. And I don't think that will be good for any party, which no. I really don't, which I think I'll play in Morelos's mind probably more than anyone. But I think there is a thing of the player does want to play at, a, play at the kind of higher level. I think as well, I think if a big offer comes in, I think it'll be too hard to resist for Rangers. So I would say if if that kind of bid comes in, there's talk today about a bid coming in of kind of 20 million euros. I think that's about 18 million pounds. That that to me is big, big money as far as I'm concerned regarding Morelos. So I think that could be the bid that could get accepted. And I think it, but it's going to be a shame because I think, I think Morelos will be remembered as a Rangers player, I think he'll be remembered well by Rangers fans, but I think, as you say, I think the media and up here have been very, very kind of poor towards him, particularly like all the stories we heard kind of at the beginning of last season regarding his personal life and things like that. Like nothing, it doesn't get spoken enough about just how much of a a charitable guy this, this guy is. Like It doesn't get yeah. mentioned at all how much he does for his home his hometown in Colombia and things like that. Like he's 
the first chance he gets, he's away, in, he's back in Colombia, helping out his hometown and things like that. Like he's a truly inspirational character, and it yeah. doesn't get mentioned enough. But I think just for his, you know, the past few weeks, is I hope we, if Morelos stays, I hope we see the Alfredo Morelos that we saw, kind of the eighteen months before, because that that's a great player to have in Scottish football. Yeah, completely agree. But are you anybody you want to add, John, in the the last of the week? I think I think you've got to talk about Morelos. I don't think there's. There's been nothing really eye-catching that else that's jumped out. I think the Morelos saga is... People talk about it daily at the minute. It's, as a football fan, it's one of the points. Everybody's talking about it every day. What's yeah. going to happen with it's them? A big, it's, it's a big story as well. But, um, but no, I don't think... Uh, are you ready to do our predict- predictions for the season, John? Let's get this done. Yes. And it'll probably come back to haunt us come May. Uh, right, we're going to break down a few things. We're going to leave the champions to last. All right, because my mind flips every day with us. Does yours, John? I would like to say it does, but it's one of the things. Uh, I I think it's that's this is the hardest one. To, this is the hardest season I think ever to predict the winners. I really do. Like, I think it could be. I think there's pressure on. There's massive pressure on both clubs. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say, who's the pressure on more? I don't think that's... You, you can't really compare it. No. There's a club that's going to what, go and try and win 10 in a row. Something that's never happened before. Yeah. And as you say, there's another club there that's trying to stop it. Both clubs, if it ha- if, if either club wins the league this year, it saw as a massive achievement yeah. for either club. You, you can't compare that to each, to each club. No, not at all. Right, we'll give it a start with, we'll, we'll go for the bottom up and we'll work our way towards, we'll start first of all with, who do you think will finish at the bottom of the pile and be relegated, John? I think it's, for me, it's a foregone conclusion this year, I think it's going to be Hamilton. Yeah, um, I, I, well. Again, we, we say it every year, we think Hamilton's going to go down, they fight back, but I think this year, as we mentioned in the youth, that there just seems to be a wee bit too much too much reliance on the youth. Um, players are like some McKinnon away, obviously. Another player that's obviously been about for years, Imre and stuff. Yeah. These are all players that's that, that's brought really vast experience to the club. You can't really see any experience at all in the club at the moment. Um, no. And obviously that's not to be too critical. As you mentioned, obviously Brian Rice, he's done a fantastic job. Um, but truthfully, look looked at the start of living at the weekend and Lee Hodgson um, was really the only player that has a bit of experience that for me that's not enough to stay up this year yeah I think Hamilton as well I've, I've had Hamilton in my, my kind of bottom of the pile for a few seasons I think last year they would have went down if the season had ended kind of the way if it had ended normally I think Hamilton would have gone down I think Hearts would have been too strong come the finish of the season but I think I, I think it's a bridge too far this year and I feel I feel a bit bad for Hamilton because I think Brian Rice as I've said he has done a very good job. But I think, uh, yes, there's a bridge too far. Who have you got finishing 11th? Uh, it's a tr- it is a tricky one, I think. I think Ross County just, I think they've, they'll, win, they'll scrape the odd one, but not enough to, to get them to get them safe out of that playoff position. I, I just, I can't really see much, as you mentioned. 
they don't score a lot of goals, they don't travel well. Um, obviously, we mentioned Billy Mackay and Stuart. There's not a lot of goals comes from midfield um, at all. Um, obviously, you, you've got Draper in there, you've got um, Gardy. These are players that are not going to score enough goals, um, especially on their travels. Um, but no, I would say Ross County, yeah. I've got Ross County. I think it's going to be probably between Ross County and St Marin. I think for the same reason, as I, as I said, I don't think there's enough goals in both teams, but I think Ross County will kind of be in that kind of relegation playoff come the end of the season. Uh, have you got a dark horse for the top six? Who you think could exceed expectations and <laughs> finish higher than we think? I think you've got, again, every season you've got to look at Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dyer came in. Again, as you say, it was a bit of a shaky start, but I think Kilmarnock at home, they're, they're a hard, hard team to beat at Rugby Park. Um, there'll not be many teams, as you say, go and beat Kelly at Rugby Park, and if they do, it will be the odd goal. And the likes yeah. of Kilmarnock as well, they're a club that, that can set up to frustrate the likes of Kilmarnock going to, I think they've got a right good record at Easter Road. Um, I think Kelly's got a good record at Easter Road. I know, obviously, they, they lost... Um, start of the season but like so when Kilmarnock go up to Aberdeen when they go to the likes of Hibs so Johnson stuff they, they always pick up results and I, I can see Kilmarnock probably sneaking into the top just into the top six um, apart from that no one else really you, you'd obviously touched on St Johnson that I can't see it um, I th- I'll go for Kilmarnock mm-hmm. well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say St Johnson I just think St. Johnson, I think, I'd, I've, I've not been impressed with Mullow. I would say my top, my top four is pretty much set in stone, but I've got Kilmarnock in the top six. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish in the top six, but I think St. Johnson and my team that I think will sneak into that kind of final spot. I think they're pretty good. I think they played pretty well on Saturday. I think Craig Conway is going to be a massive player for them. Callum Davidson, I think, as well, is going to implement that Tommy Wright style that we've seen for so many years that's done it's done well for St. Johnson. I think if they keep that kind of balance, they're going to be pretty good. But I, St. Johnson, I think are going to be top six. I think they're, they're a pretty good bet for that. As I said, my top, my top four set in stone are yours. They're kind of the same as mine. Are you want to give me your teams you think will finish in the top four? Well, Obviously, it'll be the old Again, it's the whole scenario who finishes, who finishes third. Um, for me, I'm going to say Aberdeen. Um, I think they just they know, they know what it takes to finish third. Um, there is obviously a lot of talk of has McInnes really done the job people make him out to have been done because he's obviously no he's not really they get to semi finals and finals of cups and never really seem to to get over the line. Um, I think in the league, as I mentioned, they do know obviously how to finish third. Um, there was a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks here, and as you mentioned, there's six weeks people forget. We've just started back. It Aye. seems as if there's been a lot of football played. I watched I watched a part of the Hibs Aberdeen game at the weekend, and Hibs. I, I just don't think they'll have enough to finish third. Um, again, top four. I, th- I certainly think it'll be Aberdeen and Hibs. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm going to say Aberdeen in third and Hibs in fourth. And again, it's a bit of lottery who finishes behind them. Aye. Um, I think it's going to be twists and turns all season. Certain teams, I think, will like playing behind closed doors. Um, 
game when fans are allowed back in. Fans are a massive, a massive, obviously, positive for certain clubs. The likes, Absolutely. as you mentioned, with Aberdeen. When Aberdeen's playing at Petodre against the likes of Rangers and Celtic, um, it can be a really, really tough place to go. Likewise, going to Easter Road, but I, I'm going to say Aberdeen in third and, and Hibs in fourth, and I'm going to put my net in the line and say Kilmarnock in fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that as well. I think I would have, before Sunday, I would have said Hibs would finish third comfortably. I think I'm a big fan of looking a strike. Partnership of Dodge and Nisbet. I think that I think Nisbet's a great signing for Hibs. I really do. I think he's he done very well at Dunfermline. I think the, the step up won't do him any bother. I don't think he played on sun, uh, Sunday from right. He didn't. But, he didn't play. No, he didn't play the uh, weekend. But I think he's probably a big miss. But I think Dodge as well. I think Dodge was kind of delivered quite well last season. I don't think there was a lot expected of him, but he done pretty well. I think I think the Aberdeen will finish third. I think they've. They're well organised. The the signing of McCrory, I think, is you know, a big big factor in how they play. I think the boy, I think the boy Hedges as well for Aberdeen yeah. seems to. Yeah. Have, I think that seems to well. have getting to, started to do really well. Yeah. Um, obviously, get get the hat trick um, midweek in the Europa League qualifier, but um, no, no, I, I think Aberdeen. I think they'll just be too strong. Yeah, I think they'll finish. I think they'll finish. I think, I think it'll be quite comfortable come the end of the season as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Aberdeen now will finish third. I think they'll have too much. I still, I think Hibs will finish fourth. I think they'll have enough goals. I think they'll they'll probably bring in another couple of players, particularly in, at the back and in kind of midfield. I still think they're lacking that midfielder. But I, I think the top four is pretty much set in stone as, as far as I'm concerned. I think we're going to have the old firm plus Aberdeen then Hibs. Uh, we'll go with our, we'll change it up. We'll not. We'll go to who do you think will be the top goal scorer this season, John? Again, it's it's one of them. I think you've got to look at Celtic's record in the league. Um, they're going for ten in a row. Um, Edward for me is a, a smashing player, an absolutely fantastic player. Um, and again, I think if he gets fit, I can't really see past him. To be honest, nah, I, um, think, I think one I don't same. think. I mean, Rangers have obviously. The Morelos saga, if he goes, I don't think Roof's going to be a 20, 30 goals a season, man. Um, I think Roof's more of a player that's going to bring other players into it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I think he will he'll chip in the goals, but I, c- I can't see past Edward, um, to be honest with you. Um, oh, possibly, po- I think a player that could score a lot of goals this season, again, based on the way he's been playing is Christy. Um, I think he, he could obviously hit the 15, 20 goal mark, but I think for me, it's got to be Edward. I think Edward. I think Edward, if he's, if he's fit, and I think he will stay. I don't think there's any doubt of him leaving, unless a ridiculous offer come in. I think he's the best striker in the league by a, a country mile. And I think it shows he scored 10 more goals than every other player last season before the, the league was postponed. But I think he'll carry it on. He's already three goals already so far in the season. I think he's going to add to that. Comfortably, I think he's pro- he's going to be. I think he's going to be the top goal scorer, and I think it could be another five or six goals clear everybody else because I think he's so important to the way Celtic play, and he has that kind of big game player that we talk about. Uh, who have you got for player of the season? Player of the season, it's it's a difficult one after after six six weeks. Um, again, it's going to be down to you've got to look at both old firm clubs. Um, 
it's it's one of them. It's for me. For me, it's going to be. You've got to look at Ryan Kent, and again, I think it's all down to the price tag and stuff as well. He's got to be consistent. There's games where Ryan Kent will frustrate you more than anybody. Um, he can be sloppy at times and get caught in possession. He, when he tries to commit fullbacks, he, he, at times he, he runs it. But then other times at the weekend against like of Hamilton, he was he was unstoppable at times. I'm gonna I'm gonna say player of the season could be a flip of the coin between Ryan Kent and Christy for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've I've mentioned Christy three or four times, and the reason I have is because I think he is a smashing player. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, but I'll probably I'm going to say between Christy and Kent. I'm torn between three. I've got two with Rangers, one with Celtic. Now, I've said earlier in this show how big a fan I am of Borna Barisic. I think he's leaps and bounds the best defender in the league by a country mile. I think he's too good to play in this league. But I just think his his delivery has. I think he's a far, far better defender than people give him credit for. But I think just his distribution is just outstanding. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give Barisic a mention. I'm also going to agree with you and Ryan Kent. I think Ryan Kent, if, he's, if his consistency is there, I think he's leaps and bounds Rangers' best player, Rangers' biggest threat going forward. I think as well, I think the price tag was a big factor with him last season. But I think this season he's going to took that now to another level. I think he's now where he needs to be. But I'm going to go with a Celtic player for this as well. I'm going to go with, I think, the best bit of business so far in this transfer window was to bring back Mohamed El Yanoussi for Southampton and loan. I think El Yanoussi is a tremendous player. I think he really, really is. I was very, very impressed with him at the beginning of last season. I think he was so far in front of everybody at a certain point. I think he had a disappointment in the League Cup final and I think after that he kinda hit a, he got a few kind of bad injuries. But I think if he's fully fit, I think El Yanusi could be a tremendous player for Celtic. I really, really like his his goals going forward. I think he's just his skill, I think his technique's very, very good. I just I'm a huge fan of El Yanusi. I think he's a very, very good player. I completely agree with you on that. The boy obviously he's came back to Celtic um, and done a really good job for his comeback. Again, is is he going to hit the heights that Celtic fans expect him to? Um, I think very. I think it's you could probably put him in the same boat as Kent. Very very similar to to what fans expect and yeah. what these type of players should be doing. Um, I think as well. Um, both players will probably frustrate at times. But that's part and parcel, obviously, I want to do well. I think the, the whole thing we can for me, we, the thing we can obviously, that price tag, if you're a player at an age that Kent is, you still get a lot of years in front of them. If you're playing with a club the size of Rangers and you know that that, that club's brought you in for that type of money, for me, every week when you stepped out in the park, you would, you would want to show the fans the reason why. Yeah. You're going to want to achieve things. You're going to want to win things. And I actually think, I mean, I watched his post-match interview at the weekend as well. You can tell that he seems quite level-headed. He seems as if he wants to learn as well under Gerard. For me, that's all positives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there's been a lot of signings made over the course of the summer. Who have you got for signing of the season? Who do you think is going to be that going to be most important player 
new player to their, their team? I think one that could be could be probably a sign in the season that could be McCrory at Aberdeen. Um, I think McCrory, as I mentioned, the type of the, the way Aberdeen play, um, it's going to suit them down to a tee. Um, they're good at going forward at times. They're not scared to get stuck in. That's the type of play McCrory is. Um, you've saw that obviously when they played with Rangers. They obviously went down south and stuff as well. But I think McCrory could be a really, really good signing. Yep, I've got Ross McCrory as well. I think Ross McCrory is well suited to the way Aberdeen play. I think it's a great piece of business for Aberdeen to pick him up. I think he will very, he'll feel very, very hard done by Ibrox. I think he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I think. I thought it was very, very good. A couple of old farm games, I thought it was very, very impressive in the middle of the park. I just don't think he get that kind of consistent run of games. But going to a team like Aberdeen is going to suit how he plays. But I'm going to just give a quick mention to Kevin Nisbet at Hibs. I think his goals will be very, very important to them. I think he's very, very good. I'm a big fan of Kevin Nisbet, I think, as well. As you say, you said about kind of Ross Stewart at Ross County. If Kevin Nisbet gets... Kind of similar goals to what he got to Fairland with Hibs. I think he's another one who could make a big move somewhere else. But I'm going to say McCrory. I think McCrory just edges it for me with that. But Kevin Nisbet's certainly worth a mention. Completely, no, I completely agree. I'll be honest, I've not saw a lot of the boy Nisbet. Um, obviously, he had a good time at Dunfermline. Another club that's probably, they probably should be punching. They're not doing as well as they should be. Club besides the Dunfermline should be probably doing a lot better than what they are. Um, again, but no, I've not saw a lot of the boy Nisbet, so I can't really comment. Um, but for me, Ross McCrory to Aberdeen's a really, really good bit of business for, for McInnes. Um, and he will obviously squat into that team. And again, likewise at Rangers, I think Aberdeen will be able to, to play him in several positions. Yeah, I think definitely. if needed, he could play full back. I think if needed any injuries, he could play centre half. But I think playing alongside Ferguson in the middle of the park. Yeah. It could be a really, really hard team to beat. Um yeah, no, no, definitely. I've got I've got to I've got to say McCrory. Right. And we'll we'll round it out by the one we're probably gonna live and die by in this campaign. John, who do you think's gonna win the league? <laughs> it's one of them. I, I I'm gonna say Rangers. I, I I I mean for me I think the start to the season is massive. Listen, you can't you can't win a league season at the start of the season, but you can certainly lose it. Um, yeah, Rangers obviously made a blip away at Livingston a couple of weeks up a couple of weeks back, but there seems to be a winning mentality at the minute. Um, the game was wrapped up inside 15, 20 minutes at the weekend. There's been other games this season that's been wrapped up really early. I think if push came to shove as well, if Rangers needed to up the gears, if Rangers needed to up it in games I think they could previous years before could they have probably not they probably were stuck to playing the exact same way and at times yeah they, they don't really alter their play they, they play the same way but I just think personnel that well, there's players there that's that's going to take them forward this year um, I think as well we are able to come back into the team um, again he's only been out for a few weeks but it's going to be a massive addition um, to the club um, Hadji, I think the boy's obviously got a lot to learn, but I think he's a type of player that is going to spark into get 
it's just a click of a button and I think it could be it could be frightening at times. Um don't get me wrong, listen, Celtic's got an absolutely fantastic winning record. They know how to win leagues, they know how to win cups. You're not a good you're not a good obviously a bad team, sorry, if if you're winning trebles every year. Um they've got the players there that know how to do it, like some McGregor, Christie's, um, Brown and Cham. I think it I think it'll go down to the wire this year. I don't. I think obviously last season Rangers when they come back for Dubai, a lot of people say things happened, and don't think you'll ever really know what happened. Um, they, they weren't the same team, but I think this year it's going to go. It's going to be one of the seasons I think where a lot of people mention where the times of the past where if you played first at half twelve on the Saturday, and Celtic or Rangers are away from home on the Sunday, if you're playing first, you're putting the pressure on. And that that's like the see the leagues were ten, ten, eleven years ago. Um, maybe not as long as that, but you're putting pressure on the other, the team at the other side of the city. Um and again I think it's it's only good for the Scottish game. What what I want to mention, I know this is maybe going off topic a wee bit, but recent weeks the Scottish game's been talked down again down south. Yeah. Um for Definitely. media, for pundits and stuff. There's there's a lot of talk at the moment of obviously all this whole like, Rangers and Celtic go down south and they wouldn't be able to compete and stuff. Rangers and Celtic's never going to go down south. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But people don't understand the size of clubs that Rangers and Celtic are. Um, so a lot of stuff on social media, like to Burnley fans and clubs like that, that. These clubs aren't even on the same comparison with the old firm. Um, but no, I think it's, it's going to be a really, really interesting year. I think the whole thing with playing behind closed doors as well is going to help the old firm. Um, I don't think it's going to help any team going to Parkhead or Ibrox. Um But no, I, I'm, I'm going to say, I'll say Rangers, but at the same time, it's one of them. I think it'll go right down to the wire this year. My opinion changes in this every day. Well, it does. And it's, it's a way I, I don't really know why it does, because your head says Celtic. Your head says that Celtic are just going to have too much. But but all I keep thinking of is the fact that when Rangers were going for 10 in a row back in 1998, they did get very kind of overconfident. And could the same thing happen with Celtic? Like that's what kind of I have that kind of wee niggle. But I do, I do think if when it comes to making a start, I mean, I do, yeah. What you're saying there about could that happen to Celtic, I personally don't think the type of guy Neil Lennon is, I don't think Lennon would let that happen. No, um, I don't think either. I don't think you've got a captain in there. People, you either love him or you hate him. Scott Brown, the guy knows how to win. Yeah. Um, the guy is a winner. He's had a fantastic career, obviously, at Parkhead. Um, he's been brilliant. This year, does he look a bit slower yet? He's probably not the same player he was, but when push comes to shove, the likes of Celtics playing up and doing well on a Wednesday night if they're, if they're chasing the game and stuff. I mean, they're not even talking about that, but last week at Tannadice, they looked, they were in control of the game the second half. It was one of them, yeah, the, the chap in the door kept chatting the door. But that's a, that's a team of winners. See, if you're scoring with five minutes to go, no playing well, no playing that great, and you're bringing on a player that for his debut that's scoring goals, that, that's, that's a team of winners. Um, yeah. And I think do Rangers have that? I think I think this year they, they quite possibly do. They quite possibly there's a there's a different feeling 
think there's a different feeling on the park and off the park um, with fans, with Celtic, as I said, that's, if you win 10 in a row, it's an unbelievable achievement. But I think it'll chop and change. There'll be points dropped throughout the season. I don't think there'll be as much points dropped as probably a lot of people think. But there will definitely be points dropped. I think Rangers getting the, the start that they have. We obviously Celtic's couple of games being postponed. When the games are obviously going to be played, I'm not too sure myself. But I, th- I think that could really work this season in Rangers' favour. I think, I think if it had been the opposite way about and Celtic could have been in front, then that's when you would really have saw the type of team that Rangers were. Yeah. I think at the minute there's a feel-good factor at Ibrooks. Listen, Celtics had won the Fida blip, which is obviously a major blip in the Champions League. That's that's huge. It's massive to the club. That 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 should never have happened. But Celtic's been faultless really as well. Yeah, they dropped a couple of points at at Kilmarnock, but apart from that, they've they've been solid as well. With with it playing well, they're winning games. Um, and as I mentioned, that's obviously a team that knows how to win league titles. Aye, aye. I think you're right. I think you can't you can't fault Celtic over the nine seasons. They've been so far above everybody else. They've been unplayable. Three trebles in a row. It probably would have been four. It probably still will be four. I just think as well, like I, I, you touched on the Rangers thing after Christmas. Like it's been two seasons they've done it. Like, I just don't understand what goes on because. They're flying up until then, and then they just hit a hit a brick wall with something. Is it a mentality thing? I think it is. I think it is, to be honest. But I'm gonna I'm gonna can I say it's gonna be it's too close to call for me. I'm gonna give the slight edge to Rangers this season. Just because I think Rangers now have if they bring in a couple of more players. I think they're going to have a, probably a stronger squad than Celtic. I don't think they've got a stronger first eleven than Celtic, don't get me wrong. I just think Rangers have got more options. I think this season, more than ever, it's going to be as strange a season as we'll ever see in our lives. It's very, very hard to call, but I'm, I'm going to say, as, when it comes to the start, I think Rangers have made an excellent start. Defence is pretty much where it should be. I think Kent's kind of hit in form. I think the I think the big thing is going to be, I think Rangers still need to add a striker and possibly an attacking midfielder to kind of get them over just, the line. Just there. a quick one, mate. I know it's probably going off topic again, but just an opinion what you think. And I know people talk about this all the time. If Rangers don't win a trophy this season, whether it be the League Cup, the, the Scottish Cup of the League, do you, do you keep Gerard or is it, does he have to go? What do you think? Uh, I think... I think whoever doesn't win the league will lose their job. I really do. I think if Neil Lennon doesn't win the league, I think it's probably the end of his run as Celtic manager. Through no, no fault of his own, I just think the 10 in a row is the holy grail for Celtic fans. I think if they don't get that, I think there will be big, big changes. I think pro, I, I do think as well that I've said this for a, for a few years, I think it's probably going to be Browns last season as well. I think this is kind of the. This will be the last season of that kind of run, regardless whether they win or lose the league. But I think when you say about Gerard, I think Gerard has. He's built a. He's built a very very good team. He's built a team that can contend, which Rangers didn't two years ago before he came in. 
I think he will. I, th I think he's been brought in here with one goal, which is to stop 10 in a row. If he doesn't yeah. do that, I think, I think he does have to go. Yeah, I think whoever, I think whatever manager doesn't win the league this season, I think will, will lose their job. Yeah. You just obviously, when you're mentioning there as well about Scott Brown, Scott Brown, for me, if, if he plays Celtic, plays. And oh, yeah, definitely. In recent Absolutely. weeks, when you watch it, 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 it doesn't look his old self. For me, obviously, but if I was a manager, I'd burn my team every week. And I think when if Brown does leave Celtic at the end of the season, um, just always depending on where it goes, I, I think it's a, it's going to be massive changes. Because for me, I, I think you've got to change a lot of a lot of differences, the way they play. You'll have to change, obviously, shape. I think because of the way Brown plays, um, and then just on the Gerard thing as well. For me, it's a no-brainer. If if Gerard doesn't bring a trophy into the club this year, he's got to go. Um, I think, I there's, think there's no question about it. I think um, you, you've got you've got to win a cup this year. It's all been well, obviously. Don't get me wrong; it's brilliant money for the club doing the European runs. But for me, the bread and butter is is cups and the uh, domestic cups. I think this season. Um, more, I think this season it's more important though the league. I think the league's the the be all and end all. I, I mean, listen, the league. As you say, obviously, the whole 10 in a row season, the league is a massive priority. But for me, adding a cup's not a bad thing. No, not at all. For me, not if, at all. If, you're, if, you're in the, if you're in the Scottish Cup, Scottish Cup's a big cup. If you're in the League Cup, it might obviously not be the same format as it's been in the past. And yeah, a lot of people might obviously underestimate it nowadays the way it is. But Winning a league cup for the Rangers this year could be could be massive, and that's what could obviously kick them on yeah. to the league. I think and I completely, and I'll stand by it. That the league cup last season, I fully believe if Rangers had to win the league cup, things I think could have would could have and would have been a lot differently. Um, but again, I don't think we'll ever know. Next week, Rangers and Celtic could could drop points. It's one of the things, but. Um, obviously, it's, it's an international break at the weekend, um, and then I think Rangers are home to Dundee United. I'm not sure who is it Celtic's playing the following week. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm just going to touch on something as well that you you kind of brought up there that I I don't think it's mentioned enough. Celtic have the ability to do what Rangers don't. Celtic played very very poor against Dundee United a couple of weeks ago. And still got a victory. Yeah. Rangers Rangers don't do that. I still I, no. I think Livingston was a perfect example of that. I would say Rangers played pretty decent football against Livingston, but they just didn't have that kind of gritty way to kind of get the get the goal to win the game. Celtic have done that for years. Celtic have the ability to to pull it out of the bag when they're playing playing under the caution, playing poor. Whereas Rangers still haven't fully got that yet so I think that could be the big difference but just when we're talking on Gerard as well like if Gerard was to win if Gerard was to win two cups and not win the league I still think it's going to be considered a, he's going to be considered a failure and I think that's I think it's going to be harsh if that's the case because he's still learning listen, he's still listen, learning that's, yeah mate that, listen that's always going to be if, if you win a league cup and you win a Scottish cup You've done something right, but at the end of the day, the main aim, as you mentioned, for Rangers is to stop 10 in a row. Definitely. If you don't stop that. 10 in a row, that's classed as a failure. 
Yeah, and, it's and, and, and as I say on the flip side, if Celtic won 10 in a row, it's a massive achievement. Um, huge achievement. Um, and again, as you mentioned, things can flip, things can change every week. I still firmly believe at the minute, as much as I've not been playing well, Celtic, they just know how to get across the line. Yeah. Um, and come the end of the season, could that obviously prove key? It, pro- it probably could. Um Again, I think injuries as well. Celtic, Celtic's not got the biggest of squad by the looks of it this year. No, that's what I um, can. That's what for I can example, if, if Christie or Christie picks up a knock, McGregor picks up a knock, they don't really have the personnel to come in and play the exact way they players play. Yeah, um, Edward was injured. Edward's been injured for the past what two weeks, and they've been a completely different team without him. So yeah, he's Ayeti. Ayeti's probably the long-term replacement for Edward when Edward eventually does move on to bigger and better things, but Edward's still the main man. Edward's still 98, yeah. the top player, but when we're talking, you're mentioning about Gerrard as well. Neil Lennon's got, I think Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard have got the two biggest, the hardest jobs in British football this season because there's one, there, we can talk about Europe's a, Europe's a big factor and the Cups are a big factor, one of those two managers are going to win the league this season and the other, the other manager is going to lose their job because that's just the way the old firm is and the way it works up here. We saw it when Rangers nearly get 10 in a row. Vim Janssen came in, won Celtic the league. The next day, Walter Smith was away. Walter Smith would probably be regarded as the best, one of the best managers in Scottish football of the last 30 years, but he didn't. Would you consider that he didn't do the full aspects of the job and ultimately paid the price because he didn't win 10 in a row and that was a, the holy grail for Rangers fans. Is Neil Lennon going to fall victim to the same thing if Celtic don't win it? That's, a, that's yeah. what we kind of need to look at. But it's going, it's, it's going to be very exciting. If you're a neutral, it's going to be a very exciting season because it's going to be neck and neck for the whole, whole campaign. I think it's going to be much different this season because I think there's going to be no winter break. So I think... I don't think Rangers are going to have that three-week spell of coming off a big win. I think that was probably one of the biggest things. I think the Rangers were hitting form just at the, the time where they then went on a break, where the Celtic needed the break. I think it's going to work in vice versa next season, this season. I think Rangers will probably be better off without the winter break, where the Celtic won't be. I think... Celtic needed the winter break the past couple of seasons, whereas Rangers didn't. The winter break's not there now. So it's going to be very, very interesting, and I'm looking forward to an exciting season. Completely agree, mate. As I say, obviously, I think the worst thing that could probably happen this season is obviously the no crowds. Um, yeah. I personally think you, this season, I think the whole thing, we keep mentioning, keep mentioning the 10 in a row, I think you probably saw attendances high as well this year. Um, and I think obviously when fans can get back into the ground, it can only be a positive for Scottish football. I think hopefully you see attendances, attendance rising because in recent years you see some of the stadiums and they're, they're empty. Even when the old firm go, they're empty. And I just wish obviously Scottish football would get a bit more, a bit better press, shall we say. As I say, it's, it gets really talked down, down south. Um but no, listen, it is exciting times, obviously, in the league. Um, things are going to obviously chop and change. Not, not just the old firm, but I think the race, obviously, for third this year is 
a bit more exciting than what it's been in the past. Um, so I know there's definitely a lot of positives to take. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, that's all. That's us pretty much done. We're just going to recap. We're just going to preview what's coming up next week. We've got obviously the international break, so Scotland are back. They take on Israel at home and they're away at the Czech Republic in the Nations League. John, do you think the international should be happening considering what we're all dealing with now? Do you think that's a wise decision? I, I, I personally don't. Again, I'm, it's one of the things that's got to happen, isn't it? The, these games have always been planned for months, but um, I personally don't think it's a great thing. Um, no. It's one of the things, obviously, now players come back, if they get the virus or whatever, seasons can be stopped and stuff. I, I personally don't think they'll need it, to be honest. Aye, I think it's too big a risk. I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of issues with that, particularly with players going abroad, like the likes of Barisic is going with Croatia. We've got the likes of, I think Edward was maybe going with the France under-21s. He's pulled out. There's a, there's too many there's too many risks. I think it's, it's so the internationals, I think we could kind of do without until we we get a better idea of when we can resume kind of travel yeah. and things like that. I just, right now, but until further notice, we're going to be seeing them. Scotland have announced a squad. We have, a, I think it's going to be a big conundrum for Steve Clark because he's got three options for the, the goalkeeper. He's got Rangers John McLaughlin, Livingston's Robbie McCrory, who I think is another exciting young prospect as far as Rangers are concerned. And David Marshall. John, if you were Steve Clark, who would you pick to start the Nets out of those three? I think Clark will go for Marshall. Um, I think he's going, he's, he's going to pick Marshall. Marshall's been in the Scotland squad now for, for years and he's had a brilliant career. But, I mean, obviously, we had mentioned John McLaughlin there. He's, he's not really had too much to do, really, the games he's played this season. But, again, people say he's, he's played well. He's done well in what he's had to do, but I think I think he will go for mastery. You mentioned obviously young Robbie McCrory. Um, there, uh, you're on Robbie McCrory, sorry. So you mentioned him there, but I've, I'll be honest as well. I've not saw a lot of him, so I, I can't really comment. Um, on obviously the boy's got ability. Um, you wouldn't be at Rangers if you didn't have ability. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see obviously a young player like that getting into the squad. Um, I think I think Marshall. I think Marshall's going to get the. The nod in between the sticks. I think you're right. I think it will probably be David Marshall, but I think John McLaughlin as well would be another another good option. Well, I don't, as you say, I don't think he's put a foot wrong since he's kind of took took the spot at Ibrooks. Uh, up front as well, kind of here heard in the last couple of days, all in the Burnley and Lauren Shankland have pulled out, and it kind of leaves only two options up front. Lyndon Dykes has been called into the squad to make his debut. And there's Oliver Burke as well. Like, it looks as if it's going to be Lyndon Dykes, but I just alarm bells ring to me just how there's very little options I, I up front. Like, I know it's easy for us to say, and obviously you criticise. That's a natural thing to do. But when you look at the the success Northern Ireland's had in recent years, you look at the success of other countries that no disregards to them, but they probably shouldn't be competing with Scotland on an international stage. You've got, I think he brought in Callum Patterson as well. Yeah, I think um, he's just been called in. Yeah. And for my personal opinion, I think he's absolutely woeful. I think he's dreadful. Um, <laughs> I think it's just one of the things, I, I don't like saying that, but Callum Patterson, he's not an international footballer. Um, 
Um, again, the whole thing with McBurney. Scored goals with Sheffield United, but for me, shouldn't be playing international football. Um, it's just one of the things. The Scotland squad the last three, four years, listen, I like to see them do well, but there's no there's no enjoyment the way there used to be years ago. You, Scotland games are coming on the telly nowadays. A lot of folks, there's a lot of football fans out there that's actually not even watching it. That's not the way the country should be, but there's just no excitement at all. Likewise, obviously, you mentioned last three, as I mentioned there, over the last three, four, five years, Wales, another another country on paper, yeah, they've got some good players, but there's nothing really like massive. I, I know they've got Bale and they Ramsey and stuff, but like in Northern Ireland as well, there's no really world world class players, but yeah. there just seems to be their country seems to have gone in the right direction. I don't know if that's behind the scenes, the way it's been run, or I think whatever a lot it is. Of, but I, I Scotland just seem every year as if they come back the way. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that kind of you look at the squad in midfield. Like midfield, they're they're pretty good. Like John McGinn, Ryan Jack, Scott McTominay, Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie. Like there's they're decent players. Like they're they're good. But I think the problem is as well. Like there's not enough centre-halves coming through and there's not enough strikers and that's the two big no. positions as far as I'm I com- concerned. I completely agree. But I will see what happens. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I think the international should be on hold, but we're getting them. It's a week off for the clubs as well, but we'll be back next week with a look at what was going on with the Scotland team. Also, any other big news comes up, we'll be here to talk about it. And we'll be previewing the week, the next weekend's games. But I can just say thanks very much to John for joining me in this show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Fantastic. But no, no, listen, it's good, obviously, to talk in football again. Obviously, we'd missed yeah. it there for, for months. So it's good to have it back. And it's good, obviously, to be, to be talking about things that people agree and people disagree. So, no, I really much enjoyed it, mate. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. And I'd just like to say as well, if you are want to follow us on social media, please follow Facebook slash SM Media and you'll catch us on Twitter and Instagram at, at SM Media ENT. Also on YouTube, please give us a subscribe and also on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. It's been a pleasure to talk to you all and we'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Cheers. <laughs>